So good morning, Eastside family. We want to have our children ages two years old through second grade make their way in that direction to junior worship. The rest of you who are here, take your Bibles and open them to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to read a selection of verses in chapter 1 and 2 primarily this morning. I want to mention to you an important aspect of our worship assembly that is, is an important part of worship. And that is the offering that we bring before the Lord each Sunday. And there are four ways we make this possible. You can mail a check to the church address. You can go online to our website and click on the box that says give and follow the easy instructions. You can give an automatic draft to your bank. Or if you're here in person today, you can drop your money, your contribution, your offering off in the box there in the middle of the auditorium. To those of you who are live streaming with us today, uh, we are honored, we are humbled to have you here with us as well. Let me say a prayer for the offering and then we'll jump into our, our passage this morning. Father, we do not want the comments made about the offering just simply to be a passing thought in the middle of a service. But Father, it is an expression of praise to you is an expression of worship. You have been and you are incredible in being so good to us and giving us so much and blessing us. There's so much that you do for us that we're not even aware of. And so, Father, in a small way, we bring to you our offerings this morning and each week as an expression of, of praise and worship and thanks to you. And we ask and pray that you would take the little that we give and compare it to the need that's before us. And we ask that you would multiply it in a miraculous way to touch people in this world with the good news of the gospel. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. At the beginning of this year, our shepherds shared with us a vision it was a vision for 2024. It basically falls under the umbrella of our larger mission of our church, which is to make disciples of all nations. And as you picked up a card, and if you didn't, at the, on, on this particular Sunday as they were giving out, there's some on the table there. It's indicated on our vision for 2024 that the theme for this year is growth. And we are looking at growth from three different aspects. Upward as it relates to our relationship with God. Inward as it relates to our relationship or relationships with one another within the body of Christ, but also outward growth in the sense of growth through reaching out to those outside the body of Christ, to those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, touching them with the gospel. And so we started that conversation last week. I want us to continue that conversation this week. As we look at outward growth through the sense of evangelism and through outreach to our community. And we were reminded last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that of first importance, that which is at the heart of our Christian faith, that which is the foundation, or hopefully you remember the story, that which is the core that we must never forget is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our mission, the commission he's given us to take the gospel to our lost world. It's impossible to be a Christian 
to be a follower of Jesus and not have this as of first importance in your life. Because that's really who Jesus was. That's really what Jesus did. In Luke chapter 19, we read, we read, he came to seek and to save the lost. And so if that is not a, a primary focus of your life in following Jesus, then you may be defined as a Christian according to the American contemporary definition of a Christian, but you're not truly following Jesus. And so the prayer and the goal from last Sunday's reminder is that you would leave with a, a renewed desire and a conviction to share your faith and to share Christ with those who don't know Christ. But there's a barrier. It's one thing to, yes, that's right, that needs to be a part of my life. But there's a, there's a barrier that I believe many of us carry with that. I realize this should be part of my Christian walk. But Eddie, the truth is, that's something I've never done before. And I have no clue what to do. I have no clue how. I have no clue what to say. I don't know where to start. I feel so inadequate. And if you feel this way, then you're in good company. But it was the same with the disciples of Jesus as the church began in the book of Acts. So this is why Jesus tells his disciples in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, before he sends them out and following his ascension, he gives them these words, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As Jesus is sending out his disciples, he says, don't you think about going anywhere to anyone with a gospel until you have first received the empowering of the Holy Spirit because this is something you cannot do. This is not something that you do. This is something that I do in you and through you by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We call the book of Acts the book of Acts because it's entitled the Acts of the Apostles. But in truth, it would be better to entitle this book the Acts of the Holy Spirit. When you read through the book of Acts and you see this incredible movement of God in so many ways of thousands of people coming to Christ and churches all over their known world being planted, you realize this was not what the disciples of Jesus were accomplishing, but it was what the Holy Spirit was accomplishing in and through them. It is not your ability that God needs. It is your availability. But while the work of the growth of the church that we're, we're aiming at in 2024 is the work of the Spirit, when you read through the book of Acts, and this is all I want us to notice this morning, there were two things that come up again and again and again that you notice in the lives of the disciples, two things that they did that, that engaged the power of the Holy Spirit to work powerfully through them. There are two things that you've heard before these are not compl complicated at all. But if we can hear this today, and if we can apply this, we will see God at work like we see here in the book of Acts. And what are those two things? Easy to remember. 
pray and obey. That's all I want you to remember today is to pray and obey. It's easy to remember. As a matter of fact, they rhyme. As a matter of fact, as I mention this, I know where some of your minds are going right now because you're thinking of an old song we used to sing. As I say, pray and obey, some of you are going, for there's no other way. So we'll, we'll remember that this morning. So I want to show you what this looked like in the lives of these early Christians. Here's what's going to happen. Next week, we're going to go into Acts chapter 2. It's an incredible story. It's just like we're going to see the story of God moving in an incredible way through his disciples. And there are going to be over 3,000 people. It says about 3,000 people heard and believed the gospel and were baptized on that day and you're sitting there reading that going how did they do that how can we duplicate that again today I want you to notice it was prayer and obedience pray and obey how it was the prayer and obedience of Jesus first disciples that set the stage for the powerful working of the Holy Spirit let's let's talk first of all about prayer I would challenge you to go to biblegateway.com great website biblegateway.com do a word search only in the book of Acts just type in prayer or variations of prayer prayer praying or pray and see how many times it comes up it is a repetitive theme connected to the disciples of Jesus Christ in the book of Acts and what you're going to find when you see the stories of God's people praying that's when you see the Holy Spirit engaged powerfully in the lives of the followers of Jesus to spread the gospel. And so let's, let's look at this in Acts chapter 1. Let's look at what they did to set the stage for what we're going to see next week. Acts chapter 1 in verse 12 through 14. We read, then they returned to Jerusalem. This is after Jesus has called them, and this is following his ascension. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. All of these with one accord were devoting themselves. This is what I want you to see. They were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. It's not complicated. They were praying but they weren't just praying it says they were devoted in one translation says they were praying fervently this wasn't just in their worship services they had an opening prayer or they had a closing prayer with one individual leading the prayer it said all these were together men and women together were praying and it wasn't just a brief prayer before their meal it wasn't just in their Sunday morning gatherings this verb tense indicates a present continual action individually and collectively together this is a church that was devoted obsessed with spending time bowing before God in prayer and so we see as the stage is being set what happens to a group of people when God's people are fervently praying Acts chapter 2 Verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. 
I wonder what they were doing. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an incredible day. Thousands of people have come from out of town to Jerusalem for the feast of the Pentecost. The disciples are gathered together. They're praying and and crying out to God. The Holy Spirit has come upon them and God sees in this moment, God orchestrates in this moment an incredible opportunity to use His followers to share the gospel. And so He equips them and He empowers them. And so the question now is, what will they do? They have prayed. The Holy Spirit has come upon them. So the question is, will they obey? This was a God-orchestrated moment. They had a choice to embrace it or not. Would you have embraced it? Would I have embraced it? They could have said, they might have said, we might have said, seriously, stand up in front of all these people and start preaching? What are they going to think? They're going to mock me. They're going to make fun of me. Actually, some of them did if you read the story. I don't know these people. These people are foreigners. They're not even going to understand me more than likely. And anyway, I don't even know what to say in this moment. But that was not their response. They had prayed. The Holy Spirit had filled them. The Holy Spirit had empowered them. And now it was time for them to obey in that moment the leading of the Spirit. Sure, it took courage. It had to have been out of their comfort zone. Whatever God is calling us to, it is way beyond our comfort zone indeed. And it says they were filled with the Spirit. And they began to speak. They may not have known what to say, but in this moment, the Spirit gave them words to speak. As a matter of fact, even in foreign languages, so those that couldn't understand would understand them. Next week, we're going to just walk through and hear these incredible words, a condensed version of the gospel that was shared. But I think it's important to notice when it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit it began to speak and the Spirit was giving them words. It's not that they were just like robotically controlled by the Holy Spirit that He forced their mouths open, He made their lips move and words were forced to come out. They had in that moment to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit and speak which they did. And as a result of that God moved powerfully as they prayed And as they obeyed. And so that's the story. And then you read through the book of Acts and you just see that story repeated again and again and again and again and again until you realize, man, there's a lesson here to be learned. As God's people are praying and obeying, 
God is working powerfully. You see it as he led Philip, a Christian, to a man from Ethiopia. And he shared with him the gospel and he was baptized into Christ. You see this story with Peter meeting and sharing the gospel with a guy named Cornelius. And he and his whole family were baptized into Christ. You see this story with Paul and Barnabas as the church is praying in, the, in, the, in, in Acts chapter 13. The Holy Spirit spoke and sent them out on a mission that turned their world upside down. For Christ. You see the story of Paul meeting and being led by God to a woman named Lydia, leading her to Christ and baptizing her. You see the story of Paul and Silas worshiping God, and in the place of prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. There was an earthquake, and the jailer heard from them the message of the gospel. He and his household were baptized. It's just story after story after story and there's just a repetition of the same stories that these are not coincidental meetings but they were God orchestrated moments. Divine appointments arranged by God. God bringing his people together with others as they have been praying and through their obedience Sharing the gospel that people may know Christ. Pray and obey. For there's no other way. A few years back when I was a student at Harding University. You missed that. I had, I had been a Christian. I had been a Christian for about three years and I, I really, you know, some moments, a lot about life you forget. This is a moment that I remember very well. I realized that I had been a Christian for three years, a devoted Christian for three years, and I'd never led anyone to Christ. I asked you that last week. When is the last time you ever led someone to Christ? And I realized, for me, the honest answer was never. And something inside of me realizes I'm looking at Jesus who came to seek and to save the lost. And that's just not a part of my life. Something there wasn't right. And so I very clearly remember there in my room at Harbin Dorm. By my bread. Praying basically these words. I prayed, Lord, I am embarrassed to say that I've been a Christian now for three years. And I've never even made an attempt to share Christ, to lead them to salvation. Never. And honestly, Lord, the truth is, I'm not even feeling driven towards it. It's like it's not burning in me. Which is kind of weird, because I feel like it should be, but it's not. I think, Father, part of it is fear. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how. I don't know what to say. Father, I feel so inadequate. But I'm willing to give it a try. <laughs> I'm willing. But God, I'm going to need a change of heart here. Lead me. Use me. To help lead others to Christ. And that was basically my prayer. My dorm room. Now the part I don't remember. If it was the same day. Or the next day, I know it, had, it was sometime in that week. A guy that lived down the hall from me named Melvin Caldwell from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Played on the baseball team at Harding. He came and knocked on my door. And he asked if he could talk to me about Jesus and Christian faith. 
So Melvin and I sat down together and guided by the Spirit, we spoke and studied the Bible together. And he was baptized in Christ. And I was kind of like, what just happened? How did I do that? Because I have heard that we're supposed to do the door knocking, you know. And this is a guy that came to me and he knocked on my door. How, how did I do that? How did that happen? Because all I did was just by my bed in my dorm room pray that prayer. Well, I'll do that again. <laughs> and I did. And then a guy named Paul who lived down the hall from me played on the football team for Harding. Don't remember Paul's last name. He said, Eddie, can I talk to you about Christianity, about faith, and about Jesus? Yeah. Somehow I stumbled through it, led by the Holy Spirit, and Paul was baptized also into Christ. And again, I was kind of going, how did, how did I do that? What did I, what did I just do? It's kind of like in my pride, I was trying to take credit for it. What did I do? But in every instance in my life, where I have been a part of seeing someone come to salvation in Christ... I have yet to figure out what I did. I can't put my finger on it. In each of those times, I have no other option but to give God all the credit. The only thing that I did, not so complicated, was I just, I just prayed. And as the Holy Spirit set the stage for me to encounter someone, with courage, takes courage, I stepped out in obedience in those divinely orchestrated moments. You see, it's not hard to forget. Pray and obey, for there's no other way. Now, if you notice on the vision cards of our east, that our East Side shepherds gave us under outward growth, it asks us here to pray for five people who aren't Christians. So I want to encourage you to do that every day. And you go, I don't even know five people. Pray that prayer that I prayed and said, God, I'm not sure who, I'm not sure what, but I, I'm in. God, give me names. Lead me and guide me. And when he does... When he causes your path to cross the path of someone who doesn't know Christ, then obey with courage, the leading of the Spirit, and speak about Jesus as the Spirit guides you. I am convinced that it's not about our ability, but it's just about saying, God, I'm available. Will you use me? You also notice on the cards here that it says 
invite friends to church events in the Grow Outward vision. Pray for five people, invite friends to church events, and then greet guests weekly. So when you invite them, it'd be nice if we would be friendly to them as we are. Hospitality, incredible aspect. And so I want to encourage you to do that this week. Next Sunday will be proclaimed the supernatural, miraculous, transformative message of the gospel that changes lives and brings people into a saving relationship with Christ. This week, pray and invite and bring people who can come with you. We see here in Acts chapter 1 that it was when God's people prayed and obeyed that it triggered a move of God that can happen again, just like we were singing. This is, this is not something of the past, but it can be something of the present. It's really not complicated. Pray and obey, for there's no other way. So I want to, to give you a prayer this week to pray. I would give it to you as a prayer to pray this year. It's a prayer I learned many years ago, and I continue to pray it on my morning walks. I would ask, I would beg, that if you know this song, sing along. There's a reason why I'm not a singer on the worship team. If you don't know the song, then I would encourage you to learn it with us as we pray. It's very simple. Would you pray with me? Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin and cannot if each of us were devoted to that prayer every day this week? What would happen in this church if each of us would devote ourselves to pray in that prayer every day this year? Let's find out. Let's sing it again. Let's stand and pray this prayer again. And then we're going to go into another song. And that's going to be our prayer song. And if you were here this morning and you are carrying a heavy burden, and I know there are a number of us here, reach out to someone and ask them to pray with you. If you know who they are, then I would encourage you to go to them. Let's pray this prayer and then continue in our prayer song that follows it. Lead me to some soul to Just what you say, friends of mine.
I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.